I don't think that my children really have a good definition of what is home. And that's, you know, as a kid, I grew up on, in the same house and, uh, and this is still where my parents are living. And I think it was also great and a great value to have uh, one place you call home and you can always go and, you know, some stability. So having the flexibility plus stability, that, that sounds quite opposite. So or to compromise it, I, I, don't have the, I don't have the answer. Hi everyone and welcome to episode number 27 of the Immigrants Light Podcast, where we share stories of people who left their country to chase a better life. I'm Daniel DeBiasi and in this episode I had the pleasure to chat with Hervé. Hervé is a scientist and he moved abroad and lived in multiple countries because of his job. He's also Jana's husband, who was my guest on episode 19. If you haven't already, you should listen to her episode as well, just to have a better picture of the whole story. Before moving to my conversation with Hervé, consider subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and it would be great if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And now, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Hervé. Hi Hervé, thanks for being on the show. Hi Daniel, thank you for having me. No worries, how are you? I'm doing very well. So I already had Jana or, or Jana, how you pronounce it actually correctly. I learned today how you pronounce the name. Exactly. Jana. Jana, it's, so, it's a name from Czechoslovakia, but her parents liked it. Ah, okay. I learned another one today. <laughs> <laughs> so I already had your wife, Jana, on the show, yes. where we discussed about moving abroad with kids. And her episode is actually is one of the most downloaded episodes so far. But behind every great woman, there's a great man. So here we are. And now we can hear the other side of the story. Thank you. I mean, I think that uh, you, you had a great woman uh, she, because uh, she's following me wherever I, I decide to go. So that's, I, I'm a very lucky person. Yeah, no, you're right. You can't take that for granted. Because moving abroad and changing and following a person, you have to give up part of your life, right? Exactly. And when you are, when you are an immigrant and uh, if you are on your own, it's quite easy. You can move, you know, pack a few things. You don't have a lot of things. You don't need to ask anybody. And the single person who is worrying about it is probably your mother. <laughs> and then you can promise her that you are going to call her and visit her. And that's, uh, that's generally fine. Uh, when you have a family, it's, uh, it's very important to involve them and uh, to have also them being happy about it. Because if you kind of force them to come with, I think it can go really wrong. When I met Jana, it was 2002. Uh, she has been in 22 countries in her life, for, for, but, uh, but for vacation. And I was fascinated about that because I was a typical French who uh, always lived in France and uh, who went on vacation in France because it's the most beautiful country in the world, as, uh, as every French <laughs> know. And, uh, I thought that was Italy. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. <laughs> Italians and French have a lot of common, <laughs> common <laughs> points. You know? and, and, and so this chauvinism kind of tells you, oh, you, you're just in the perfect place, so why should you go anywhere else? And Yana was living in France. I met her and uh, I realized, oh, maybe there is more than France. So... <laughs> And you travel, so how many countries so far? I don't know, probably 35, 40. Oh, wow. <laughs> Between. That's quite a bit. Yeah. Well, I'm, a, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit older now than with 22, but with 22, I, I know I went to seven countries, sometimes only for a day trip. And they were all in Europe and I didn't fly to any country. It was everything uh, by car or with a ferry to England. Uh, so it was much less than Yana at the time. Yeah. So you say you're originally from France and you move a lot because of your job, mostly because of your job. But when was the first time that you move abroad? The first time I moved abroad, and this is also a Yana story again. I mean, I will I cite a bit too many times maybe your name, but she had friends in Switzerland. So we went for a weekend, uh, it was uh, May 2003, visiting uh, a friend, uh, Aurélie and Sylvain, and it was a very nice sunny weekend and uh, we were on the Lac Léman, yeah, and uh, it was, uh, then we decided, okay, that would be great maybe to uh, to change the country and uh, because I was finishing my master thesis and I was looking for a for doing my PhD somewhere and I was sure that I'm going to do my PhD in France, of course. After this weekend, I thought, okay, maybe I can also apply for a PhD in, uh, in Switzerland. So I applied to Geneva because they were also speaking French and it would be easier for me. And uh, they transferred my, my, my email to Zurich. And one week later, I got a phone call from Zurich and I uh, went for an interview in Zurich. And eventually I got the, 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 so they invited me to start my PhD in Switzerland. 
And was it hard for you to, to live your life in, in France and move to Switzerland? I mean, I know it's not that far, but still you have to leave your family and friends. Well, I'm, I'm coming from Strasbourg, which, which is very close to the German border. And um, I was studying in the, in, more in what I consider to be south of France. People would say it's the middle of France, but Saint-Étienne, which was 550 kilometers south. And uh, so going to Switzerland was, in fact, bringing me closer to my family. Yeah. And um, on top of it, I, I had already experienced about Switzerland because one of my uncle married a Swiss wife and uh, Philip and Annie. And as a kid, I was going there on vacation. So for me, Switzerland was, uh, I just didn't know that there were jobs in Switzerland because they were living in a village called Matzendorf. And for me, uh, Switzerland was a country where people speak a lot of Swiss German. I don't understand them. And it's uh, only very rural. So, and, and after Switzerland, you travel and you actually move in what other country? Yeah, during my time in Switzerland, so I did the PhDs and I had a, a postdoc there. And eventually I, I got what they call a, um, you, can, you could say in English, senior scientist, maître assistant in French or ober assistant in German at university. And in this time, I was working on European project. I got the opportunity to go for uh, two months to Spain, to Vigo, uh, and a bit to Berlin. But this European project I was working on was making me meet people every six months somewhere in Europe. And uh, one of the partner, but also the coordinator of this project was uh, a big chemical company. And this big chemical company basically ended up asking me whether I want to, to join them in Germany. And this is still the company I'm working with. So. So from Switzerland, you moved back to, actually not back, you moved to, to Germany where Jana is from. Exactly. Was she okay to go back to her country? Because she, she decided, I guess, to, to leave the country. Was she okay to go back to Germany? Well, when I told her, she told me, I've lived 19 years in Germany. It's enough for our life. <laughs> so she was not really convinced about going to Germany is a good thing. But I was like, hey, you lived in my country. I didn't live in yours. I will understand better you and, <laughs> and, 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 and your people by living in your country. So give me the chance. So you say, okay, let's do it. And when we arrived, it was very interesting because I was again in this adjustment time to un try to understand how you things go there. I, I was fluent in German. I had no problem with the language. But uh, I was discovering this new job, discovering this new environment. But for her... She, it was very easy because immediately she was back home. <laughs> she knew exactly how, how you get uh, and what can you get from the bakery and, and lots of other. So immediately she could switch back and she liked it. And uh, at that time, our two kids were one and three years old. And I have to say that given the fact that she had this childhood as a, as a child in Germany, she, she really enjoyed it. And she was finding this value coming back to her own kids. And that was really, really beneficial and very positive. Going back a little bit, you said you were fluent in German. Yes. Why? So I'm, I'm coming from the border with Germany. And uh, we had already, at the age of nine and 10, we would start to have uh, German at school. But it was, of course, you know, German from school, like English from school. And like Italians, the French uh, system is not really helping us learning languages in our countries. <laughs> so yeah. my German was a school German. But uh, when I started dating Jana. Uh, she was very well. In, we, we still speak only French together. She was speaking very well French, but I, I also wanted to have interactions with her family at the time with her grandparents and her parents. And uh, that was important for me to to get better with, with the German. So it came back a little bit and I made some effort. And uh, when I moved to Zurich, everybody was speaking Swiss German, but uh, also English and uh, eventually German with me. And uh, I, le I learned very well to speak German, in fact, in Switzerland. And uh, these are another German, as you know. So they use some words that are called Helvetismus. Yeah? So these are some words that the German do not use. And when I was going to Germany, I would speak German with my French accent. And I would use some <laughs> words that are typically only from Switzerland. And you would make everybody laugh a lot. Yeah? Like uh, parkieren, yeah? for parking. So to park the car, they say parken in Germany. And in Switzerland, they say parkieren. But just a, a different way of saying it, it's not that means something else, right? No, no. So, yeah, I have also some story like that. But no, you... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but in, in the, so it was just, um, you know, uh, for people, they found it sweet to see a French that speaks a weird German, you know? 
so I guess you can make like a good connection right away because of your accent. Well, you, you know, you know, it as, as an immigrant, you have a bonus. You have the immigrant bonus when you come to a new situation and you uh, you express yourself. Everybody is is willing to accept that you do mistakes, that you do things that are not in the cultural standard because you have this uh, immigrant bonus. What people don't know is that the immigrant bonus is good for probably three months and afterwards you need to adapt. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, you said that uh, Jana, when you guys moved to, to Germany, she saw the benefit of living in Germany for the kids because she could give, she could give them the same kind of the childhood she had in Germany with the same kind of values. Um, did you miss that, that you couldn't give the value for France from your like a childhood, the same things that you experienced when you were a child? Well, there is something fascinating about, uh, I would say, mixed couple with two cultures like, like we are, is that... Um, you always have the feeling in certain moments that uh, you can give both aspects to the kids and the kids will only grow with both aspects. It's a bit like the immigrant going to another country and then the world is smaller. But there is also, when you have children together, you start to see some small egoism where you try to pull towards you, towards your value, because you want your kids to be more French or more German. And uh, we had this experience and I can give you a, a small story, which I think is, is funny. And anybody who would hear your podcast who is French or German would could understand that. So we were on a playground and in Germany, they have the most amazing playgrounds. You know, they have like pump with water and sand and so on. So they can play with water, with sand and so on. And uh, I see my kids who are very small, who want to go where there is water and sand, so there is mud, and they want to go in the mud. Any kids would go if uh, their parents do not stop them. And as a French, I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I take the kids and I put them like 10 meters apart from this water source with the, with the mud. Otherwise, they will be very dirty and they are in the car. So, and, uh, and then I, I picked up a coffee or an ice cream or something like that. And when I came back, I saw Yana taking the kids and putting them in the mud. <laughs> and I see, I arrive and I see them putting them in the mud. What are you doing? And she said, they need to experience the material, you know? And so in the German culture, they really want kids to, to experience. And in the French, it's more like probably Italian. So do you want the kids to stay clean? <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's one anecdote, but you, I would not call it conflict, but you, we had quite some discussion about, uh, what are our values and um, and we realize really with the kids how important certain value of childhood were coming from ourselves. And before we thought, oh, we are very open. I value your values, you value mine. And but then we we had like a yeah, something quite interesting, I think, uh, that we realized with the, with the children. Yeah, even she mentioned that that it was good to move to the US because you kind of like a neutral territory for both of you, like a, an external culture that wasn't hers or wasn't yours. Yes. Was like an external. We, we, we had that in Switzerland too. Uh, so Switzerland was uh, neutral. It's not to make a joke, but it was neutral for us because we were both foreigner. And uh, as you know, um, every country has their own specifics and um, Switzerland had also their own specifics that were not French and not German. And it allows us to speak about it in a, yeah, in a more neutral way, I would say, or we can criticize without criticizing each other. You know, that's a big difference. And uh, going to Germany, I have to admit, I love Germany. I think that Germany is a, is a great country to live, especially with a family. It's very safe. People are, are very nice, very open. I, I really had a bless, a, a, a very, very good experience. But honestly, not, not even Germany, it's the same here. I mean, it's different, but everywhere you find good people. That's really what I noticed. What you said that it's, um, I think it's kind of natural when you move to a new country, having these adjustments and going through these adjustments, you kind of have, or you kind of become judgmental towards the new, the new culture. And I think having the other person, your partner in this case, from that country, when you become judgmental against the, the culture you just moved in, of course, it's going to attack your partner directly and that becomes defensive. So it's it's an automatic mechanism from both parts. You become judgmental for the other person to become defensive because you're kind of attacking your culture. Yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit. I, I think that I had, I had a, a huge chance in, uh, in Switzerland um, because I was working for a while at university. We were counting. We were 17 nationalities. So when you have 17 nationalities, you, you see a, 
a, a small picture of the world. You have people from all over the place and everybody works in another way as, as different values. And at the beginning, uh, I think I was very judgmental. I was like, why, why do they do that? This is wrong. Why do they? And, uh, and I don't know when, but at certain stage, I had this switch to say, oh, they do the things differently. And now, since this time, when I see something which I find weird, I'm not focusing on the fact that the person do it wrong, but more about, oh, let me think about it. Wh where does it come from? Why do I react like that? And I'm, I'm more on the self-reflection and try to understand and maybe learn for myself about a new way to do the same things. And that, that's a process I had really from this time in Switzerland. And thanks to these multiple nationalities working and, and we were forced to cope with each other. Especially at work. I mean, you people have different way of working. And when you have to work in a team, you have to, especially in your case, working from people with all over the place, you kind of have to, to force yourself to find a, a compromise between your way of working with other people or working, right? Absolutely. You need to understand where people are, are coming from, what is important for them and, uh, and ever, ever an open discussion about things. And, and, you know, you can always ask questions. You know, if you find something weird, instead of saying, hey, Daniel, why do you do it like that? I can say, Hey, Daniel, uh, it's interesting how you do it. I, I would have done it this way. And, and you, can have a, you can have a discussion about things. And this way, maybe I'm indirectly teaching you something that will help you. Or uh, you say, no, 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 I do like that because it's more efficient. And then you, you kind of teach me something that I don't know, you know? Yeah, totally. And speaking about your, your job, because you moved quite a bit because of your job. You went to Germany and then you went to where? US yes, right away? Exactly. Or you... So uh, I was six years in Germany in the central of this big chemical company. And after five and a half years, uh, I got a phone call and they asked me whether I would be willing to, to go for, for a period of three years to the US as an expatriate. They explained me what was the job about. It was about building up a team and um, developing new materials for the additive manufacturing, for the 3D printing. I really liked the topic and I thought, okay, that's very interesting for me. But uh, I knew also that the decision was not only mine, but also the decision uh, of Yana and the kids. The kids were small enough that I say, at the end of the day, they, they will go where we go. <laughs> but it's <laughs> getting more difficult when they become teenagers. But uh, I, when I came home and I told Yana, you know what, we could go to the US, she said, Okay, I'm quitting my job. On the next day, she quit her job. So, yeah, and I knew that with Yana, it's not, it's, again, it's not difficult because, because it's Yana, you know, and, uh, and other people have also Yanas and people, not everybody has a Yana. That's uh, also what you, what you learn. Sometimes it's quite, um, it's quite difficult. And I, I don't think it's very smart to force it if your partner doesn't want to go and force it. Because if I would have arrived here and, um, I would not have her support because she was taking care of the school with the kids, taking care of the new, um, you know, medical system, taking care of everything. And I have a new job and I'm very busy with a new job. If I would have all the worries of the family on top because she would not support, I would not have managed. So you need to be as strong as a family. It's a family decision. I think that this would, this would be for people hearing maybe, yeah, it needs to be a family decision. Because otherwise it would have been felt guilty for the decision you made because it's kind of like a selfish. Exactly. Now I, you know, like lots of things, if uh, I think I, I was very, very excited about this opportunity and I, I really wanted to do it. If Yana would have been completely against it, I would have felt kind of, you know, uh, maybe I would have need to work on myself not to reproach it to her and to understand where it's coming from. And, and there were enough argument to stay. There are always enough argument to stay but always enough to go. You moved a lot for work. You lived in multiple countries because of work. Do you think you would have moved anyway if it wasn't for your job or, or not? I am not sure I would have had the courage. Um, I think that uh, especially I would say my company and my work as a scientist really helped me, you know, also to take the decision because they create opportunity and they were taking care of a lot of things, you know, like uh, organizing the, the things regarding the health insurance, the moving, uh, pensions, etc., etc. So that really helped a lot. Now, I was always curious about differences and, uh, and that's maybe also why um, I started to spend more time with, uh, with Jana who ended up becoming then my wife later. 
but also I was always hanging up with uh, foreigners and, and uh, I was more interested in the difference than in, in things I already knew. I, and it's very curiosity that helped me. Um, would have I moved? I think that there would have been a reasonable chance that I would have been satisfied living and staying in France. But it was a bit like uh, maybe, you know, uh, an addiction at, at the moment where I realized how big is the world and that I can learn much more about myself and about others by living abroad. I realized, okay, maybe I, I don't want necessarily to, to live even back in France and I want to see more and I still want to see more today. Yeah. So the company kind of helped you to make the first step to leave your country exactly. and try to experiment and try to experience this yes. new this new lifestyle, which much more is because they help you with all the steps, which is even like for leaving your country and moving to a new one if you don't have a job. You don't even know when you find a, you're going to find a job, how much money you need to move to another country. So moving with the job, it's just that it's a, it's a huge deal just because you don't have to think about the financial aspect. Exactly. So financial aspect is, is one important part, but there, there is more than that. You're right. When, when you arrive and you have immediately a place where you, you are working, you have immediately new colleagues and it's, it just makes the things much more, much easier. Yeah. Uh, now I think that there are different stage in life. And if I would have been in a, in a bonus of being, um, you know, young, without kids, without family yet, I think things would have been much easier. And I recommend anybody who, who is hesitant, it's uh, better to do it earlier than later because uh, in early time you, you, you may not have a family and then it will be easier, yeah? Yeah, and not just the, the family aspect, but even the immigration process is much easier. Because yes. Yes. If, you, if you move to a country and you're planning to stay in the country, US and many other countries have the, the points and based on your age, in the case you get more points and it's much easier to get a visa, to get a sponsor and so on. So even that moving when you're younger, even then is a big aspect. But at the same time, when you're younger, you have less experience. So by having less experience, it's harder to find a job and get a sponsor to find a job. So you kind of need to find a good compromise between experience and age. Yes, what I noticed and what I realized is that uh, I have two Chinese colleagues that came as a, a one as a, to do a PhD program and the other one for a postdoc in the United States and then eventually stayed and now one is on green card and the other one even became citizen last year. So I think um, it's, a, it's also a, a possibility to come for, for studying and, and then stay if, if, if you like it, yeah. Yeah, that's actually one of the easiest way to stay in the country. I spoke with an immigration advisor here in Canada. We have a conversation about it. And he told me that you get more points just because you study in the country. They give you more points because the education you got, you got from the country. Because if you are a doctor in, um, in the Middle East or India or China, to become a doctor or the same level of career in the United States or in other countries, it's much harder. You have to start and study again because it's not recognized. So yes. even that could be one of the things to keep in consideration when you decide to move abroad. Absolutely. One of the things I think is stops most people from living abroad, especially for Italians. I don't know if you can relate with French. Yeah. Most of the people that from Italy don't want to emigrate, they don't want to move abroad because the language barrier. They don't want to start from, from scratch. You don't have to want to start from the bottom. Not many people are willing to restart their life and, and start from a lower from where they are, especially in the career-wise. If they're having a good job in their country, they are not willing to start from scratch in a new country. And for most people, from, for example, you move from Ireland to the US, they speak the same language, it's a good chances that you can start on the same level. But if you come from another country, you don't speak English, you move to a new country, it's much harder because you have to prove that you're not, air quote, stupid. Because sometimes that's at least how I felt when I went to New Zealand with no English. I felt I was stupid because... When, you, when you're talking, especially in, in a career, and you don't know the terminology, you automatically sound like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, so I, automatically, you have to start from the very bottom. You know, even the, you say it about being an immigrant, but even uh, I realized that by, by traveling for leisure, yeah? If you go on vacation somewhere and you don't speak the language and you don't have local people who are your friends, you, life is a bit more difficult. That's why we always... Uh, try to learn at least uh, some basics. And, and nowadays with uh, some even free apps like Duolingo, you can really get some basics that helps you opening a few doors. Of course, English is absolutely mandatory wherever you go because that opens you always some doors. 
But when we visited uh, Peru last year, uh, we decided for three months to, to take 15, 20 minutes of Spanish every single day, three months before. And honestly, uh, okay, of course, it's a Latin language and, and Spanish is not so difficult. I mean, not for you either. Italian or French, they, they kind of manage, but uh, it, was, it was good because... Uh, we couldn't speak it very well, but we could speak it enough to have interactions with local people, yeah? Yeah, but at the same time, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's for, especially for a lot of English speakers, they don't, they don't try to learn another language when they move abroad. And I'm guilty of it because now that I speak English, if I'm in another country, I don't even try to learn the language because I kind of expect there to speak English. And in a way, if they don't speak English, it's kind of their fault. It's not my fault that I don't speak their language. Yeah. But it's their fault they don't speak English. And that's the curse when you learn English because you're you are not forced to learn any other languages. That's the problem. You have that. And, and maybe in country, I mean, you are in Canada, I'm in the US. Of course, if you drive a thousand miles in any direction, uh, everybody still speaks uh, only English. So that that's basically making life more difficult to learn another language because you just don't need it in your in your daily life if you are living in europe like we used to and i will do uh, probably in the near future uh it's different because uh, if you live in italy you can of course live all your life in italy make vacation in italy and and so on but uh, if you mm -hmm. want to visit france and and other country uh, yeah you can try with english uh, but if you speak a little bit of french this will help you seeing more and and, and having a a broader view of, of Europe. So I, I think it's, it's quite valuable. And of course, um, now I'm speaking Italian, French, and when you go to Germany and even better in, uh, in Scandinavia, it's quite incredible how people are, how, how good they are speaking English. Yeah. I think that, uh, you're right, but there is a, there is always this point about do you need it or don't you need it? And with, uh, internet and with, uh, with YouTube, I, I know that lots of kids today, they learn a lot of English also from YouTube video and others and uh, things that they are reading. So I think that uh, yeah, English definitely has a, has a premium position. Yeah, It's kind of like a universal language. Well, in, in what, what we consider being our life, but if you go to Asia, you know, of course, some people speak English because, they, but I mean, there are enough places, even in big cities where you can, you can realize how difficult it is if you don't speak the local language. Yeah. Oh, totally. But I think at least for me, there's a different, if I go on holiday, I don't know, in Russia, for example, if I go on holiday there, maybe I try to learn a few words just to say hi or thank you, the basics. Uh, maybe I don't force myself to learn anymore because like uh, I can speak English. It's different if I decide to move to Russia and work there for a few years. In that case, I want to learn the language. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if the people understand English. By learning Russian, you can have a better experience. You can have an easier life because not all the people know English. So by learning their languages, you immerse yourself more with the culture. You meet more people and you have a, a better experience overall. And you see that about being an immigrant, uh, of course, I think learning the language is, is a much bigger and important value in comparison to, to visit just as a tourist. But you said that yeah, learning a few words, even to say hello, helps sometimes, uh, even in France, yeah, if you come and you say bonjour and, and then uh, switch to English, uh, stating that you cannot speak French. Uh, you will have people already much more open to help you <laughs> because you tried at, at least new one word. Yeah? Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. You show that you kind of try to learn the language because nobody expected you to know all their languages if you come from another country. But knowing that a few words just to say thank you and hi, just just knowing those words, they show that your effort to try and to learn the language. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I saw, I mean, when you're passing to the Netherlands, I, I also ask people whether they prefer me to speak in, say, I'm sorry, I don't speak Dutch. Do, is it fine if I speak English or German? What, what do you prefer? So I would ask. And, uh, and that's also interesting. Then you, you, you may have one or the other. I mean, lots of, of course, people are very good also in language in the Netherlands. So, and I hear the feeling that everybody can speak uh, English and, and German. At least that was my feeling. But I ask whether we can use one or the other. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I don't have that privilege to know more than uh, than two languages. So I don't know, even know what's uh, for me. It's like a showing off. Like, oh, 
<laughs> Do you want me to speak German or, or English? Or? Ah, yeah, that's, a, that's a good, interesting aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it that, this way. I mean, yeah, but you're right. It can be seen as a, as a showing off. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm joking. I just like, I wish I could do that. Like, oh, what language do you rather to speak to you? English, German, French, Italian, Spanish. Pick one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. That's a, that's a bit too much. No, but in, in the Netherlands, you, you know that it's quite close to the German language. So some people feel more mm -hmm. confident in German than in English, maybe. Oh, yeah. Again, I think that they all speak both. So that's quite easy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it did the good thing. I probably wouldn't have done the same thing, but in my head, because I don't, I'm jealous of you, I kind of like, oh, you're showing off. <laughs> so. Well, you, you don't, you, you should, you should switch. You know, you, you move from New Zealand now to Canada. Maybe you should go to the, to Quebec to, to switch to, to learn the French. It would be easy for you or, or somewhere else with another language you'd like to learn. Yeah. I don't, you know what? I've been thinking of doing this just because I have the opportunity to live in, in Canada and everything is written in two languages. Everything you buy, there's English and, and French version. And I've been here for two and a half years and I don't even know how to read it. So I've been thinking of trying to take like some French lesson, at least knowing how to read French. So maybe even just reading French from a box of shampoo that you buy or whatever, a box of cereal. Even then you start reading the words and done, at least picking up some of the words, at least if you know how to, to pronounce them, how to read them. That's I, one of the things I've been thinking of. It's interesting you speak about the shampoo bottle because I had that also with, uh, with Switzerland. When we used to live in Switzerland, everything is, uh, is in fact in French, German and, and Italian. And French, German were no problem for us. But in Italian, very often was the same name, but sometimes it was very different. And I would always like look at, oh, that's how they say it and, and keep on, on trying to pick up a few words. So that's a good opportunity. You're right. If it's in two languages, you, you have all the translation in, in your daily life in the supermarket. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, I have the opportunity to learn another language. So why not? And you see how close it is from to Italian. So that's, uh, I think it's quite easy. It's, it's actually funny. It's really close to, to my dialect in Bergamo. In fact, a few years ago, I was with my friends in, in Paris for the new year. And I went to the restaurant. I ordered for everybody just speaking my dialect. My friends were like laughing, being so hard. And I was just speaking to the waiter in, in my dialect. And the waiter was writing down in my head like a... <laughs> I don't know what he was writing down or if he's just making a picture of me being, being a complaint house. <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, I think but, people need to have fun. So that's fun. You know, if you, if you can have some auto derision and you have the courage to try it, that's great. <laughs> but the funny thing is they actually, I actually ordered for everybody and they gave us what we order. That was you the see? funny part. Which means was was probably French is even easier than what, what you think. So <laughs> maybe, maybe. And it's funny because usually French, not French, people in Paris usually have the stereotype that if you don't speak the perfect French, if you don't use the same accent, they ignore you. They feel yeah. like they don't, they pretend they don't understand. But I had the opposite. I was speaking my own dialect and <laughs> they got I, the order I, right. I think it depends a lot on the people. And of course, if you're in places where there are more tourists, there will be less this... Uh, so it will be more this industrial effect of tourism. And if you, if you go to some place where, where there are, it depends on the people, it's always, always the same. Yeah. But you know, about having yeah. fun with language, um, I can tell you another story about the children book, um, Capuccetto Rosso. Yes. Yeah. You, you know, it as an Italian. Yeah. Or do you say it in English? Yeah. You know, uh, a, the, what was that? Little Red Hood, Little Red Hood. Uh, uh, the, I think, yeah, I think you're right. The Little Red Hood. Little, yeah. little red hood. Yeah, so I think so. This, this girl goes in the forest bringing the, the cake to her grandma, and uh, there is a wolf. And uh, I, yeah. uh, I was in this uh, student residency with some Italian, and they had this children book, and uh, they uh, they kind of made it, me read it first of all, and then uh, they remove the book and they say, now you tell us the story in Italian, and um, they could all speak French. I couldn't speak Italian, but. Uh, uh, in French, it's Le Petit Chaperon Rouge, yeah? so Capuchetto Rosso, so that's quite similar. Mm. But I, I didn't remember it was Capuchetto, and I just, because it's Chaperon in French, I say Caperone, Caperone Rosso. And everybody laughed, and, <laughs> I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I didn't know why. Yeah? And maybe you can explain what is Caperone in Italian. Yeah? I don't know if you say it in English either. So. <laughs> Capero, Caperone in Italian is like the booger in your, in your nose. Exactly. In, in, in your nose. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a caperone. 
So that's, that's <laughs> so, and, and, and that, that's what I mean about having fun with language. You know, I mean, it was a, a very good moment. It could could look like a non significant that you speak um, about a children book, and I tell you that. Uh, Paperino? Paperino, yeah, Donald Duck. Donald Duck, exactly. So when I went to Italy, I went in library and I, and I was, I don't know, maybe uh, 28 uh, and I, I bought a Paperino because it's for the kids, but uh, because the, everybody likes Donald Duck and I liked that very much. And the fact that it was written in Italian as a comic, I, I could understand, you know, like 80, 90% I could learn quite a bit. And that's exactly the trick I did also when I, uh, when I started with German, I, I bought a uh, Dagobert duck. Yeah. So, so basically Donald duck comics and I would read them and, uh, my, my vocabulary grow very dramatically thanks to Dagobert duck. <laughs> yeah. So. I heard that before that actually comics is good when you decide to learn the language. Because you understand a lot from the picture. And in the context of the picture and reading and with a few words you are learning, you get a lot of uh, infos and it's still enjoyable to read. And without, you know, translating everything and so on, you start to learn quite some words. Yeah. Going back to, to your job, your career, how much of the decision you made to move to the US, how much of that was because of the opportunity of, of your job or how much was the opportunity actually to live in another country, living in the, in the US? Yes, I, I think that first of all, US is probably very attractive for a lot of people. We all have this influence from television and, and from uh, everything. And, and of course, it's the English language. I mean, in our case, we had so Luna and Elin, so two, two girls, they were seven, nine years old, fluent in French and German, but in a very good age to, to learn a third language. So going to US was a great opportunity for family to have the kids learning English. And, and if you, if you hear them and they are, they are very fluent, you cannot know that they are not Americans. Yeah. But also in terms of the work, and I would not say that it was about going to the US. It's the work they offered me here uh, was to, to work on, on developing new materials for the 3D printing technology, photocurables in particular. And I, I really, I really found this topic fascinating. So I knew that also in terms of the work, I will learn a lot. It will, it's a very interesting topic to work on and us of course i never lived in us so that was also the new thing but i think that if they would have said oh we do that uh, for some reason in brazil or in peru we would have also gone with with a lot of joy so i really i really liked the fact that it was not only a new move it was a new move in a in a new continent which means the difference in the in the culture were dramatically more different according to me Despite the fact that uh, it was a language that we knew, it was a, a certain culture where we have a feeling about it from, from television and from cinema. There were a lot of things I, I understood being here that I would not have understood if we would have stayed in Europe. What was the main thing you think that you wouldn't understand or, or didn't learn? I hope a few people will have a smile on their face. So when I look at an American movie now, and sometimes, you know, in the past, I was thinking certain aspects are exaggerated and they're only done for television. And then I'm like, oh no, that's really, that's really like that. So, so they, <laughs> what, what totally. happens is that, you know, they are, yeah, a few things that you think that it's a bit exaggerated for television, like, uh, decoration for the home for, for, for Christmas or, or Halloween, you know, and you are like, oh yeah, they do that, of course. But some people really put a lot of effort and, and money into making it a huge event and honestly that's something i'm going to miss too so today i was walking and i saw some people decorating so five people decorating our home so i'm going to probably do some night tour to check on the illumination and people uh, really appreciate the holiday and they do this thing so I, I think that it's something to see in, in life that's true they decorate and they decorate also inside the house sometimes in, a, in an amazing way, you know, not with one Christmas tree, but with five Christmas tree, maybe, you know, maybe more. So that's really amazing. Yeah. I had the same kind of experience when I moved here to Canada that uh, sometimes I would see something that I always, I never saw like in real life, always something in, in the movie. And then, as you said, I thought it was just the things that only live in a movie, but they're totally like real here. It was like a su uh, surprise that was actually real things. 
Yeah, and this importance of sports, you know, for football, you know, NBA, uh, baseball, and, and so I mean, we, we went to see uh, a bit about all this sport, and there, that that was really, really interesting to see because we all know about this sport. Some uh, are existing also in Europe, some are not. Uh, and to see the dimension of it, yeah, that, that was great, and that was like in the movie, yeah, for, for me. Going back to speaking above your job. Yes. You travel a lot, you move to another country and you had opportunity that you might didn't have back in France. Yeah. And probably because you took those chances, those opportunity, you probably even grow in your career, in your profession. Do you think you would get to the same level of your career if you, if you didn't leave France? Uh, absolutely not. I'm sure that I would never be where I am. I would not have this career. First of all, because the French system is a bit special. You know that they, they have these things about, uh, yeah, you do this school. It's, uh, uh, it's, uh, you realize it later, but if you go a certain career path, if you go to this school, you will have uh, a better job probably in these things. It's incredible how France is working. I discovered with Switzerland that it was more about what you are capable of doing, which kind of value you can bring that will make your, your career and your opportunity. It's not because you come from this family, you went to this high school, you went to this college that you are going to get this job in this company. It's really, really interesting how it works in France. Of course, this only, and I'm speaking about the, the, the very, very important, very nice jobs. And uh, moving outside, speaking language, being capable of working with different people from different backgrounds, that opened, I think, a lot of opportunity to me in terms of the work. And as you said, I, I got some opportunities, some I took, some I didn't. So it was always a matter of choice and a matter of feeling. But, you know, I think if you ask me where I'm going to be in 10 years, I cannot tell you. I hope I, hope I will experience a bit more things. I hope I will have other opportunity and I hope, uh, and if there is no opportunity, maybe create new opportunity. We don't know Asia yet. We never lived in Asia. I've been a few times, uh, but I, I would love to, to experience that too, because I think it's a, it's another fascinating scene of, of the world. And, and of course, Asia is not Asia, you know, Korea is different from Taiwan, from China, from Japan. So I, and, and others. So I, I really hope that uh, we will have also a, a sneak peek in, uh, in one of these country to, to broaden off our mind. But I think I would not have had the opportunity to answer your question. And on top of it, I would not be who I am today. I, I feel that I, I got the chance to, to learn much more thanks to this opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, I'm very thankful for that. That's, uh, I think a, a big part of it was chance and curiosity, but, uh, I'm very thankful. And what was the biggest upside that you from from immigrating from moving to different countries? I think the first one was to realize what I was missing by living, and um, most people have a certain image about who they are, and they they the image is of course not one hundred percent maybe what is the truth, and it's also maybe not one hundred percent of what how people see them and. Uh, getting out of the country helped me a lot understanding where were my value what is important for me what do I accept what do I don't accept and uh, and kind of grow from there and to give you an example um, I think that I, I had a, a very very positive image of, of France which was communicated by media and, and so on before I left France and then uh, from Switzerland and they were speaking about all the things that were running wrong, uh, problem of corruption, that we, we were not really making very public in France, that, that were revealed to me when I was in Switzerland because they were writing articles about what happened to France there and what is his story. And I felt that, oh, there is much more corruption than what I thought. I thought that France was much less corrupt. And that, that helped me. This is really on maybe more on the political side or, or, or on the system side. But also for myself, suddenly I realized Oh, I need to go to France because I cannot find that. Or was it linked to food? Was it linked to habit? Was it linked to, yeah, a, a lot, a lot of value. And I was not aware that I had them and I discovered them and I understood myself better and understanding myself better helped me again to be capable of understanding other better, but also to be more tolerant, to understand, uh, or others can, may, may think and, and to be less, less judgmental. So it was not about judging the, the people or the habits where, where I moved, but it was at the end of the day to be capable of 
understanding that things can be done in another way. Yeah? Is there anything that you maybe would have done differently? Well, I think that maybe I would have gone earlier in another country, maybe to study one year. You know that uh, there is this very attractive program called Erasmus. That's how I met Jana, who was basically on Erasmus in, in France for one year with this exchange program. Uh, my sister did in Sweden, in fact, and I think it helped her also grow a lot. You know, she was uh, the last one and some orientation. And uh, when I was with her in Sweden, she would say, oh, you take the map and you tell me where we go. Yeah, there was not a smartphone yet. <laughs> and uh, I had to tell her, you, know, you, are, you are going to be on your own when I'm leaving. And in fact, she could read that map very well and she could find a way. So I, I think that uh, getting out of your comfort zone is very good. And if you do it a bit earlier, you may, you may experience even more part of yourself and develop yourself faster so if i could change one thing probably i would have uh, tried uh, maybe after the bachelor to go at least for one year in, in another country to get to get out of this comfort zone uh, i did my phd in switzerland and this thanks to jana who, who had friends there and and, and had the chance to, to spend some time there and in switzerland is a is a great part of the world because you have also a lot of people from all over the place that are coming to switzerland So I met people from so many different places and I realized I really like that. I like the different culture. I like this different way of doing things. And, and that's what uh, kind of brought me to, to continue to explore. And when there was this opportunity in Germany, I moved to Germany. And when they told me, hey, don't you want to go to the US? I say, sure, I go to the US. Yeah. Do you think you will keep moving to take your career to another level or chase whatever new technology or whatever it's going to be the best in your career and the best opportunity in your career. Would you keep yeah. you continue doing that and move to another country? Or you think uh, at some point you would just figure out where you want to live for the rest of your life? It's a, it's a very good question. We have this discussion a lot. Um, having kids and now they are turning 10 and 12 in December. Uh, it's a very good age. I'm a bit afraid that uh, at certain stage, you know, being teenager, having Uh, I mean, it will be more difficult to move. I would love to, and I definitely want to. Uh, the question is, uh, should we settle for a while to get the kids some kind of uh, a feeling of, uh, of being settled and having a home? And then, you know, then they do their life, uh, they study, and, and then we could move. I, I have one of my friends living in Shanghai who, who did that. His kids study, and they stayed in Germany, and, and he moved to, to Shanghai with his wife. And I think it's, it's also um, it's also an interesting way of, of doing things. Uh, yes, I, I really hope I don't want I don't want to stay now. Um, so the plan is, is to come back to Europe, but I I don't I don't plan to to stay there for for the coming 20 or 30 years. So I, I think that we will go and we will see what are the opportunity. And if I see that there is no opportunity and that we need a change, uh, we will change and maybe even actively. So, but I hope that I will still get some opportunity. I learned also that what matters is also to express yourself because, you know, lots of people, even working company, they think, oh, it would be great if I'm sent somewhere. But if you don't say it, uh, maybe you will never have the opportunity. So, you know, I, I, I recommend anybody to, to express about what they want and what they don't want. And this can help also, you know, because you never know. And if, if you are very unhappy about the fact that you don't have the opportunity, well, look for an opportunity. Yeah? That's, uh, that's at least my way of thinking. And do you think in, in your career there's like a one country that has more opportunity for you than others? Every country has their own specialty, but it's true that in terms of uh, the spirit and uh, the level of innovation, I find quite fascinating how it works in the US, um, especially on the coast. I mean, if you go... Boston area to cite it and, and San Francisco. It's quite quite impressive how, how things are going, the, the willingness to take risks and to try things. But honestly, I found Switzerland very interesting too in, in, in Europe in terms of, of innovation. I think that um, the rest of Europe, they do innovation, but not as disruptive. And I don't, honestly, I don't really know why. So my feeling is that uh, from what I'm doing, because I like science and I like innovation technology, maybe uh, for a lot of it, US is a, is a very good place to be. And uh, of course, when I was working more on the, the formulation for electronic and, and this kind of industry, you could see a big, big influence from Asia. 
So there were a lot of things happening in Korea and Taiwan. So I think it will depend on the domain. In our case, I think that we would adapt about anywhere. And uh, yeah, interesting job is very important for me. Uh, it gives me a lot of motivation. But of course, uh, we would need to accumulate that with a nice, safe place where the family is okay. And on top of it, that uh, there is a perspective of winning something, whether it's a language, culture, but you can win something anywhere, I believe. Yeah, I agree. It can be the language, as I say, it can be the culture and can be the way they work. They can bring to, to another country where you move in. And friends, you know, you, you spoke about it, you know, you get, you go anywhere, you, you meet people, you make, you make friends. Um, if you decide to, you know, you can, you can decide to, to stay close in your home and, and do not meet anybody. But if you're interested in people in their custom and how they are living, how they, what they're eating, etc., I think you, it's a great opportunity to, to learn more about differences. Yeah. We actually were talking about this before we started recording about making friends in another country and leave them when you move away, when you move to a new one. Yeah. And when you meet new people in a new country, it's kind of like a, a good thing and a curse at the same time. We were talking that it's a good thing because I mean, you made great people with different culture and they can become really good friends. But at the same time, it's a curse because you know you're going to lose them. But at the same time, like even lose them in itself has got a good thing. Usually when you leave your country, you experience certain emotions and the, the people express their emotion to you in a different way that if you didn't ever leave the country, because I know you're leaving and you have to say things before it's too late. I don't know if that makes sense. Yes. I mean, I mean, we discuss a bit about it. It's a bit like going to your own, own funeral. I mean, this may be exaggerated a little bit, but uh, people are getting emotional and you get emotional too, because you, you never know what you're going to get. You know what you are losing. And, uh, and, and this is a good moment uh, to exchange. I mean, I see with this particular job, the fact that I was going a few times a year uh, to Europe, uh, uh, I, I never, never took a, a, an hotel in, uh, uh, where is my company because, uh, I have, uh, I have friends, uh, Christina and Guillaume in, uh, living in Mannheim and they would always host me and, and, uh, I had the, the guest room and I felt so cozy and home and uh, we were a very good friend before I left. But when I'm, when I'm there, it's always like, a a big event, at least for me, and I think for them too, uh, to, to see each other because we know we are living so far away and, and even it reinforced our relationship. So I'm, uh, there, so there is the, the two aspects you have this people expressing how much they're going to, to miss you because you are living, uh, and you, uh, to them because you are living. But, but then when you come back, it's, uh, it's such a great feeling, you know, if you, if you see each other all the time, maybe you don't realize how lucky you are to have each other, you know? And, uh, and I have that also with, uh, maybe with my parents, you know, I, I really enjoy every time I see them and, and probably more than, than when it was too easy to see them. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. You, you, you start taking not for granted all the people that are in your life. Yeah. That even the, the people that remember you every time you go back to, to, back to France or back to your country or to that country where you used to live, the people that show up for you, that's the people that they, who left something in their life that let them show up for you. Yeah. I don't think that we should take that for granted. As you say, even your, your parents, I experienced that with my, with my grandma, that every time I would go back to Italy for holiday, and every time I would leave, go back to New Zealand or back to Canada, I didn't even know if I would see her again. Yeah. So even then, that when you say goodbye to those people, then... It's, it's hard because you don't even know if you're going to see them again. It's, uh, it's hard. And uh, it was, uh, we had, uh, in our family, uh, a small joke. I mean, I was living in another country, but one half hour from my parents and my sister, uh, 10 or 15 minutes. And but my brother it was uh, in the south of France, to, close to Toulouse. And he would not come so often and he would need to fly to come. And when he was coming, we would all come to, to, to see him. And, uh, there was always some very, very nice food. And my father would cook a lot. And, and then we always made the jokes like the, le fils prodige, yeah, the pr prodigious uh, uh, son came back home. And now we have this fantastic food. And, and now I realize <laughs> that when I'm coming home, I, I get the same treatment. So you just need to be a bit further to get this kind of special, like, it's just like Christmas, you know, when you come home and, uh, and we, we laugh about it uh, quite a bit. And, uh, I, I think it's, uh, 
it's a nice, nice way because you spoke about the fact that you make friends. I mean, we made also very, very nice friends. Yeah. And exceptional people. And I learned over time that, yeah, that's, that's the price to pay. You go somewhere, you meet people, you start to love people and, uh, and, and then you leave quite a few people. Um, you will get a disconnection and some people will visit you and you also know that when you are coming back, if you plan to say hello again, uh, the door will be open again. And that's a fantastic feeling. Then you, you have the feeling you have, uh, you have a few places in the world where you have a bit, uh, a bit part of home. And, um, you know, and that was kind of the, the image that Tiana had also with, with a book, with a heart where you start to accumulate uh, the different flags and different emotions. So you, you, we, we will take a little bit of America and, and the nice things that we discovered here with us. And, and we enjoyed so much. There, there were so many good things that happened to us here. That's at the end, whether it was here or Germany before or Switzerland or, or even a small trip to Spain, you, you always take something with you and you, you always win something and, and you always lose something. And this, uh, this is tough. But it's 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 worth it's worth it. Yeah, no, it's it's worth it. As you said, it's sometimes it can be hard to leave people behind. Do you think that because we leave people behind and we're not taking it for granted, does that make you be a better person? It maybe it's the ego going back to the country, back back to France or Italy in, in my case, and it kind of made me want to be even better person because I'm, I'm not taking it for granted. So I want the people to show up. I want to leave something want to be meaningful for those people. Yeah. And I don't know, do you think that makes you be a better person? I, 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 I don't know. I think that you are automatically a curiosity because when you come back home, of course you, you saw more than probably quite a few people uh, there. So they have more questions to you. So you take a lot of attention and a lot of, I don't know if you, you, you suppose, or you're a better person. I, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I think that, um, uh, you, you, you evolve in a certain direction and, uh, and, but you have also a price to pay. You spoke about home. I don't think that my children really have a good definition of what is home. And that's, you know, as a kid, I grew up on, in the same house and, uh, and this is still where my parents are living. And I think it was also great and a great value to have uh, one place you call home and you can always go and, you know, some stability. So having the flexibility plus stability, that, that sounds quite opposite. So or to compromise it, I, I don't have the, I don't have the answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that I never actually never thought about it. I still have the house where I grew up and my mom still lived there, but your kids then don't have that yet. Yeah. And this, this means you have a anchor point, you know, you have like a port where you can go, you know, that uh, it's, it's a very important part. So for my, for my children, this is a single place they know which is still there, where my parents uh, are living because Yana's parents moved. So, uh, so this is maybe the single, the single place that they know who is stable since their birth. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was actually talking with with my friends about this this topic, not specifically the house, but growing up in the same place and having the experience, going through the life experience with the same people. Like you go to preschool with your friends and meeting them, you start bonding and you go through elementary school, middle school, all these stages in life until becoming a grown up. And be like sitting at the table when you get older, like you discuss what we've done when you were a kid. Oh, remember the day that we pee, I don't know, in the grass in front of the school. I don't know. I'm just making that up. Yeah. Like your kids, maybe they won't have the same experience and... They probably have like a way a different experience. I don't know if it's better or not. It's not. It's not up to me to judge if it's better or not. But it will definitely be a different experience. But they want to have, yeah. air quote, a normal experience. Yeah, I agree. So they definitely, you know, you having your the same friends for years and years. They they have a few very good friends. And 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 when we went back to Germany, Elin, uh, she she really spent some time with her, her best friends that she had before she left. And they within five seconds it was like they never left. So they, they were s- such a strong bond. 
with, with Maya. So I, I think, you know, you can make friends uh, where it grows over years and sometimes it takes a few minutes. That's sometimes my feeling. And sometimes even if you do not see each other for a long time, when you see each other, it's like you never left and then you catch up and you have lots of things and you get excited and you have... You're full of uh, good emotion and you are very, ha you are so happy to see each other. And maybe it would not have been the case if you would see each other every day. So I, I also, I also don't know. I don't have the answer whether it's right mm -hmm. or wrong. I think that uh, they miss a certain stability and that I eventually, uh, you know, eventually they will reproach it at a certain stage. But again, I think that the experience they had, um, learning the language, understanding different culture, having at the end of the day people they can refer to anywhere it's it i think it's also a value um is it right or wrong that has been our choice yeah uh, some people uh, can judge about it and uh, they think this is stupid but so it's fine this is our choice and uh I assume it and I hope that they will be fine and with it later yeah yeah it's hard to tell it's up to them what they're gonna do with the knowledge and uh, and experience they have Well, and, and if, they, if they found it not normal, uh, maybe they will settle and, and, and have a more normal life, you know, and, and stay at the same place and be more engaged in the community. And, you know, I, uh, I think that, that that can be also one of the decisions if they decided to go the opposite of what we offered them. And uh, we may have some, uh, some good discussion later about it. And they would say, why did you say, why did you do that? I wanted to have some stability. I say, yeah. We didn't. Jana and I, we we were too curious to stay in the same place. And speaking of that, do you feel lucky to be an immigrant? Absolutely. I, I think it's a, it's a bless. First of all, I think I feel lucky that we were born in, in Europe, uh, that we, you know, in a, I would say, you know, mid middle class and that we never had uh, any problem uh, so far, you know, of war or hunger and And I don't think that it's all granted, you know, I mean, it was not always the case over the time and, and over the place. And I think that um, having then the chance to, to study, to learn things and to get uh, opportunities to easily get visa, you know, we, I mean, just thinking this is not granted that you can move and work um, anywhere that you like just because you have the qualifications that makes you attractive for, for any country. So I feel... I feel blessed about that, but I, 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 I'm thinking about all the people that are, who are maybe immigrants because they, they don't have the choice because they are, they're moving out, uh, from, from place where uh, they, they, either they cannot feed their family or this dangerous this is a very different way of immigrating. That's because of they are forced to immigrate to, to save their people. And, uh, yeah, in our case, it was a pure choice and a pure exploratory choice and in conditions which, which have been great. Yeah. So I know I feel, I feel privileged absolutely about, uh, the opportunities that my company gave me, but also just the opportunities that we had in life. And, uh, and, and also that we were also a little bit of courageous enough to take opportunity because I know that some people get the opportunities they do not mm -hmm. take them. And you know, what do you have to lose? Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, think always about what you have to lose, what you have to, to win. If you don't like it, you can always come back. Your passport is still valid to come back to your country. So where is the problem? Yeah. Totally. Even if the experience is a bad experience, you're still learning from, from it and uh, it will always serve you in the future. Well, see, think about it in, also in terms of career, if it's important for people, I think that if speaking the language is one aspect, understanding culture is another aspect. But if you, if you apply for a job or if you, if you have this immigrant experience, I think that you're, you may be a bit more attractive, not for everybody, but you know, I think it's, it's very positive. No, you, you, you're totally right about create like a resume by living in multiple country. I mean, I think even if I have to go back to Italy now with the experience I have or with my resume right now, I could find way better jobs than I could have if I didn't live just because I work in New Zealand, I work in Canada. Yeah, if you have to compete with people from the same country, you will win just because of the experiences you have on your resume. Yeah, absolutely. And do you have any particular advice for the listeners that maybe we didn't cover? Well, maybe I, I think that if you if you hesitate, think about what what you may what you may lose and what you may win. You don't know exactly because you didn't try. So just try it, and instead of going 
maybe you know in a in a in a very far away country you can also go from italy to france the language will not be that difficult and uh, you will still get uh, food that you you can eat <laughs> and, uh, and and this way you can see whether it's something for you or not and if you feel too too bad about uh, not seeing your friends uh, every other day you know just wait a little bit and maybe you are going to discover new parts of yourself and if you like it continue and if you don't like it it's fine you try it yeah so that's that would be my advice awesome thank you thank you so much Hervé to to take this interview and thank you Daniel for having me yeah no worries <laughs> and if somebody wants to reach out to you what's the best way to to connect with you sure I mean I I think LinkedIn if it's more linked to 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 work or to advice regarding work and you can also have uh, my my email address uh, my gmail email address on on your web page and, and people can write me an email i depending on how many people are, are writing uh I, I i would answer maybe shortly not but uh definitely i if, if there is some specific question or some specific aspect i i would I, I, i would love to help somebody yeah sweet i will put everything all the links of your linkedin and your email address in the show notes for for people to find them Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Hervé. I really, really appreciate your, uh, your time and, uh, and your story. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for your time. Have a good day. Okay. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. You can find the show notes with everything we discussed in this episode on immigrantslife.com slash episode 27. If you want to support the show, You can share this episode with your friends and you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. It would make my day and help this podcast growing. If you want to be on the show, you can send me an email at stories at immigrantslife.com or visit immigrantslife.com slash your story. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you in the next one. Ciao.